so my festive fact this week is about mistletoe. Ah, okay then. So that do you is know, very festive. It is, it's getting more and more festive by the minute. Go. <laughs> um, do you know why we kiss under the mistletoe? I do not know that. Okay, let me enlighten you. Is it anything to do with the line in Batman? I can't remember what that is now. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all. Okay, so it's po- it follows like a long history. Uh-huh. So it could come from back in the Greek times when they were known to use mistletoe for cures for things, including menstrual cramps. Oh, okay. I'm not going to try that, though. I'm yeah, just going to no. take some Nurofen. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, as a balm, as treatment for ulcers and antidotes to poisons. Which know. is I weird, because yeah, they're poisonous. I thought it was poisonous, yeah. <laughs> but the Greeks clearly just used it for whatever. Fair enough. Um, the uh, romantic overtones probably started within the Celtic Druids in the first century. Oh, okay, the Druids. I like it. This is partly because mistletoe could blossom even during the frozen winter, so they came to see it as a sacred symbol. Oh, because it's like an evergreen. Yeah, so they used it on both humans and animals in the hope of restoring fertility. There's also a mistletoe folklore from Norse mythology, so those of you that know about Norse mythology might know this story, but the god Odin, his son, who was Baldur, um, was like, there was prophecy that he was going to die. And his mother, called Frigg, who was the goddess of love, went to all the man- animals and all the plants of the natural world in order to secure an oath they wouldn't harm him. But Frigg neglected to consult with the unassuming mistletoe. So the scheming god Loki, as we know from Um, the Marvel... um, Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Made an arrow from the plant and saw that it was used to kill the otherwise invincible boulder. However, they actually... Frigg then declares mistletoe a symbol of love and that kind of revives Baldur. Uh Uh-huh. From death, and she vows to plant a kiss on all those who pass beneath the mistletoe, ah. as like as a what's the word? Gifts as as a like to what's the word? To change the the magic, I guess, from like death to yeah, yeah. kiss, death to kisses. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the uh, kissing under the mistletoe comes from. Then it's a Viking thing. Well. There's there's that, and there's also associations with fertility throughout the Middle Ages, and by the 18th century, it had become widely incorporated into Christmas celebrations. It actually originated here, so it did. There's no like clear jump between the sacred herb to like the holiday season, but the k- kissing tradition appears to have first caught up among servants in England. Before spreading to the middle classes. And as part of the early custom, men were allowed to steal kiss from any woman caught standing under the mistletoe. And refusing was viewed as bad luck. So it's kind of like unconsensual kissing. Yeah, that doesn't sound very... uh, (laughs) Definitely would not fly in. Apparently, another tradition was also to pluck a single berry from the mistletoe with each kiss and stop smooching once they were all gone. 
which I think is a really good way of avoiding <laughs> the non-consensual kissing. <laughs> Just remove all the berries in the first place. Yeah, and be like, oh, sh- sorry. Damn it. No kissing Time's for out. you. <laughs> Time's out. Um, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> line from Batman. Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. A kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. There you go. Wow, that's so deep. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything. There you go. <laughs> Batman line. Is that Between... from Batman Nolan Batman or Batman original Batman? Uh, I'm guessing Batman... original. Yeah, it's Batman Returns. With, uh... the best, one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito is the penguin. Oh, yeah, amazing. That is that's festive. That is festive. That is festive, actually. I'm going to watch that. That's on my list. The the one Boom. there's a line from Christopher Walken that's just like if she causes any more trouble I'd just drop her out a higher window but for now I've got better fish to fry, which <laughs> <laughs> is just the best Such a line. Good comic book line. <laughs> got better fish to fry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm getting into the festive spirit. Recording on the tenth, so I've only got two weeks. Yeah, I have until bought... Christmas Eve. Zero presents. I bought all my presents. Have you? God, was, no one told Look at me this really adorable reindeer that I got from my boyfriend's niece. Oh, that is I'm showing Dan the reindeer. reindeer. It's adorable. I have watched a lot of Christmas films, eh? A Already? Oh, yeah, yeah, loads of them. I mean, like, I haven't only worked for two weeks. Like, my contract officially ends today, so I'm unemployed after <laughs> at, at, at five o'clock. You're going to come anything. help me move then in January? Uh, yes, I probably will do. I'll have a new contract by then, so... <laughs> You're just going to stay unemployed for six months, aren't you? Uh, probably not that long. I'll go insane before then. I'll probably get one in that February. <laughs> nice. Uh, everyone doesn't need to hear about our chat. In fact, I might cut some of this out. Um, do you want to tell me about your festive past? Or yes. Thing or so, one of the festive films i've watched oh no <laughs> is krampus oh my god okay so i'm gonna do the krampus <laughs> i haven't seen the film it is it's all right actually it's quite funny it's pretty good you know it's a good like mix between like uh like uh christmas tree film tropes and horror film tropes Oh, both of which I like. I like exactly. a good Christmas film that's basically a Hallmark film. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like young girl goes to like a village, even though she's from the city, and she has to like find the best Christmas tree in the village. And then the town is also called the town of Christmas. This is an actual Hallmark film. And but then like this guy's wife died, and the tree that she wants is like the special tree that his wife liked, and it's and all. They- and but the then guy they fall is in always love, like a showman so. or something. He's like a really manly man. He does a manly job. And then she's yeah. like an office person. Yeah, like a he owns all like the trees. Yeah. <laughs> That's his one job. And then, but then they fall in love and she moves to the town of Christmas. Yeah, and stops being a high-flying... Uh, because like women can't have city exactly, jobs exactly put in her in her place films. but that's not what Krampus is about no, it's not what it's about <laughs> oh yeah Channel 5 films that's what I know them as they are just basically they are very Republican aren't they in yeah, they're very like oh good she quit her job yeah. that's nice she's just going to be a mum yeah, to someone else's kids how, lo- how festive <laughs> so why want but, Christmas but I mean like but it does have those kind of tro- tropes, like the Krampus thing. It's about like kind of like family. Basically, the message is like getting along with your family. 
But I mean, like, it's it's all like it's a comedy horror film, so like, it's all it very knowingly kind of like plays on these various like tropes of horror films and Christmas films, which are actually the same if you think about it. Like, they're not you, all the same. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at slasher films, like in uh, Halloween and stuff, it's always the pe- like the kids that are like essentially like sinning that get killed off. Mm, I suppose. And then, like, uh, and then the Christmas films are just like reinforcing those kind of like traditional family family values. So you anyway. stick them together in a film, and it and it makes an interesting, <laughs> weird horror film. Let's so anyway, I'm going to do the real Krampus. Though. The real so Krampus. In, in that, like, the Krampus is like this weird kind of uh, deformed, like Santa Claus thing. But that, yeah. that's not what he actually is in real life. It is more of a beast than a thing. But we'll get into yeah. it anyway. We'll get into it. Uh, so yeah, last year I'm sure you remember you did Jolly Old Saint Nick. I old did Father Christmas. So go back to Santa a year Claus. ago if you want to listen to the Santa episode. <laughs> so this year I will be doing the Ying to Santa's Yang, the Joker <laughs> to his Batman, or so as most aptly as this goes like the Jesus, the devil to his Jesus. So yeah, I'll be doing Krampus as we've discussed. It. So what is Krampus? He, so basically, he is the devilish companion. Of Jolly Old St. Nick. Now, we don't normally think of Christmas time as involving scary demons. So Santa has his list, right? He checks it twice. Sees being naughty and nice. Those have been nice. They get the treats. In the old days, most like, kind of like modest gifts, like nuts and oranges and bits of chalk. Nowadays, like a PS5. I mean, like, <laughs> it's changed a little bit. Uh, but that's not how things go down in parts of Austria, Germany... Slovakia, Eastern Europe, Central Europe. I, I thought that might sound a bit more punchy. I'm just listing countries. Um, so, <laughs> so let's let's get to the root of this beast. So, uh, as it originates in these Germanic lands, it's worth looking at what the word means in German. So it comes from the German word Krampen, which translates into claw, which is, of course, a classic monster attribute um <laughs> and then the crumbs is pretty it's certainly pretty clawed uh, in appearance he's got a he's basically a goat demon usually portrayed with great curved horns and a dark coat of coarse fur he's also usually depicted with a long protruding snake-like tongue uh, his body and arms are strong with train chains and bells and he carries a large sack or basket on his back he also has one foot and one cloven hoof for some reason. I don't know why that is. Well, that is... What, like a hard. human foot? Yeah, a human foot and then, like, just a goat foot. Like, that's going to be pretty difficult to walk on, I'm going to I'm gonna say. I'm going to go out on a limb. How do you find shoes that fit? So, yeah, we're getting the devil references here. Like, they're yeah. very yeah, yeah. obviously trying to make him, like, a devil. Um but this connection with the underworld precedes Christian theology, like most stuff uh, Christianity <laughs> absorbed. They absorbed it from like pagan religions. So in fact, Krampus um, has changed since its adoption by Christianity. So the chains, for example, were not an original fe- feature. Uh, it's believed that the Christians added them to invoke uh, the binding of the devil. Right, but let's go and have a look at it like pre-Christian, like Krampus. So many historians believe that Krampus has its foundations in Norse mythology. This is where the Loki thing comes up. Uh, he's said to be the son of Hel, not the Christian Hel with two L's, but the one L'd Hel of the Viking belief system. 
Okay, I see. <laughs> so like the Christian hell, uh, Viking hell was originally <laughs> the name uh, of the world of the dead. Uh, however, it later kind of morphed to mean like the goddess of death. So okay. She dwelled in hell, uh, who then became hell with one L. Um, <laughs> oh my so God. as the story goes, uh, she was one of the children of the trickster god Loki. So she's one of Loki's daughters. So her kingdom was said to lie downward and northward. So I mean, like, yeah, hell is down, right? It's meant to be in the center of the earth. That's what they say, right? So it's kind of in the same place as Christians think hell is in. Downward and I don't know, like, northward? I mean, I mean, where, I guess it's colder. Wherever you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so of course, Valhalla is also the kingdom of the dead. However, that's the kingdom of the glorious dead, those that fell in battle. Um, yeah. Those that die a death fitting for a Viking, basically. Yeah. Um, so think drinking halls, constant battles, like only no one can die. So it's like basically fencing drunk forever. That's your version of Exactly. Heaven. I know. This sounds amazing to me. <laughs> Hell, with the one L. Uh, well, that isn't so glamorous. Uh, no rip-roaring fire, no fine nails, no fencing forever. Instead, it just contains an immense dilapidated castle filled with the venom of serpents. Not venomous serpents, right? Just the venom of serpents. Well, like in bottles? Or I don't know, yeah. Or a pool? On the floor? Just a pool of it or something. <laughs> People swimming in it, I don't know. In which murderers... Adulterers. I mean, like, there were quite a few murderers in Vikings. I thought they kind of outlawed murderers, but apparently not. Anyway, murderers, adulterers, and adulterers. There's loads of Viking adulterers. Anyway, and perjurers. Like, perjury. Perjury in court is apparently, like, very frowned upon in Viking society. So, anyway, they all suffer torment while the dragon, Nidhogg, sucked the blood from their bodies. Surrounding this, apparently, a shore of corpses. So basically, I picture this as a pebble beach, but instead of pebbles, just you guessed it, just corpses, corpses instead of pebbles. <laughs> Grim, lovely. I was lovely imagining stuff. it more like the corpses were like surrounding the castle, like a moat. Oh, maybe. But now I'm imagining it how you're imagining it. Like, this is people... very festive, Dan. It is very festive. <laughs> Tow- people, people that t- like people putting towels down on the corpses, laying down. <laughs> lovely. That's a lovely image. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but some people might prefer this to endless fencing. No, everyone likes fencing. That's what I learned this weekend when I told people I did fencing. <laughs> um, so from here, Krampus became part of uh, pagan rituals for the winter solstice. Um, so basically, kind of Krampus's appearance coincides with a number of pagan winter rites festivals, most notably one. They're going to send people parading through the streets to disperse the ghosts of winter. Uh, so when the Christians co-opted Solstice for their Christmas festival, Krampus was co-opted too. But what the hell does he do? Uh, well, remember when I mentioned these more innocent times? You know how in our Monera Santa has his naughty and nice list and he checks it twice? Yeah. If you pass the test, you get the goodies. If you don't, you get what? Like some cold, Coal. maybe. Yeah. yeah, a bit of coal. Not so bad. Well, things aren't so easy in Krampus land. <laughs> Krampus land. See, <laughs> <laughs> so in places where Krampus reigns supreme, he kind of teams up with jolly old St. Nick. That's right. Maybe St. Nick ain't so jolly after all. Since when Hot Santa is off marauding the nice kids, the Krampus goat demon, he's punishing the naughty ones, and not just with coal. 
So Krampus comes to town the night before the feast of St. Nicholas and visits all the houses to dish out his punishment. At best, Krampus beats those who are naughty with branches and sticks. So like a Christmas thrashing. And that is like basically as good as it gets. Remember that that sack that old Krampus has on his back? In cruel mimicry of the Santa myth, rather than producing presents for the children from the sack, children are packed into the sack and taken away. He said to pack them away, carrying them to hell for an eternity of damnation and torture. Wait, so you're a bit naughty and you get a patch into yeah, the you're sack? You're just going and... straight to hell. Hell with the one L. No, no, hell with the two L's now. Oh, I'm okay, two L's he, now, right. He's moved, he's moved on. Uh, <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll simply be taken to the Krampus's lair and eaten. Or if you're really lucky, you'll be drowned like a rat. A mercifully short end compared to all that damnation, to be sure. Um, but, you know, that's all pretty heavy for the modern kid. So now uh, we'll just he'll just usually leave a pile of twigs for the naughty children rather than lovely gifts. So instead of coal, we just get twigs. I mean, like, that is a bit more rubbish than coal. At least you can kind of have a barbecue with coal. Yeah. Have, I guess you could have a barbecue of twigs, which might be a very good barbecue. Yeah, and I guess you could pay, like, pick-up sticks or something. That's true. You can't do that with coal, so I mean, like... But I, I guess with coal, you could play, like, bowls or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you could kind of, like, draw with it. Charcoal. <laughs> true. Maybe you become a brilliant charcoal artist. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Joke's on you, Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not uncommon for families to display... Sprayed birch twigs in their homes year-round as a warning to children, as a reminder of Krampus and the punishment they will receive if they are bad. I'm going to tell my children about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm forward. not really. <laughs> Can you imagine? It traumatise them. I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, it seems like Central European kids are way more hardy than the kids here. Cause yeah, still, if I told still my... still getting the Krampus the treatment. If I told my three- and five-year-old nephew and niece this... I think my cousin would probably disown me. <laughs> they would be crying in a, in a pile on the floor. You should do it. I mean, in Central Europe, Santa don't even bother with the shit kids, the little shits. He leaves that all to Krampus. That's what you should tell them. That actually makes it a little bit more believable. Exactly, one of the yeah. things about Santa is, like, how does he get around all the kids every year? Yeah. But if they're just doing, like, 50-50... Yeah, exactly, yeah. It makes it much easier. <laughs> And uh, and also, like, he's meant to be a really nice guy. So surely, I mean, like, I guess he's still not a very nice guy if he's like setting goat demon on kids that are like nasty. He's like, mm, you're kind of borderline, and yeah. I can't be bothered to do an extra house. So yeah, it's just like give it to Krampus. <laughs> goat demon time for you. Um, so in fact, Krampus in Central Europe has become such an institution that he has his own knights called Krampusnacht. So, it's kind of like normally happen within the Alpine region. So, it's celebrated on the day before the Feast of St. Nicholas. Every evening on the, Dece- on the 5th of December, the townspeople dress up in their most elegant St. Nick get-up, make the rounds to homes and businesses, offering gifts and playful treats. It's all very civilised. But at the same time, others dress in the most monstrous Krampus costumes they can create. Sometimes large groups of people dress as Krampus and run amok throughout the streets, chasing friends and passers-by with birch sticks, delivering a thrashing to the shins and legs of the onlookers. Lovely. Chasing strangers. 
I mean, like anyone, basically, like even if you're from out of town. So like as one tourist describes who witnessed the festival, the narrow streets of the old city section of Salzburg. I mean, Salzburg's pretty big. Like that's quite a big town. Isn't it? That's like a city, isn't it, Salzburg? I don't know. My geography is terrible, as you know. Yes, a city. So this is like a full-on city. The narrow streets in the old city section of Salzburg were packed with pedestrians as Krampus stomped through. Many people were caught unaware and reacted with terror. Some would flee and try to seek refuge in a shop or restaurant, only to be pursued by a determined Krampus... With so many easy targets, we again managed to escape, largely unharmed. At times, we were ju- uh, chased, jostled, and struck, but compared with the brutality we witnessed, it was obvious we'd been spared the full brunt of what Krampus could muster. Oh sounds dear. <laughs> well, that sounds very dramatic. So tourists who've witnessed this rowdy celebration say that running into a coffee shop won't save you from getting swatted and the swats <laughs> aren't exactly gentle. But luckily, they're usually confined to the legs and the festive atmosphere usually makes up for the occasional welt. <laughs> welt. Um, so the tradition has become an important one in many countries and has come to include expensive handmade masks, uh, elaborate costumes and even parades. Um, though some complain that the celebration is becoming too commercialised. Um, but even though, uh, despite this, like many of the aspects of the old festival endure, everything becomes too like uh, commercialised. That's just like a common... Yeah. I can play about everything now, so I mean... I mean, like, this reindeer I bought for Fiverr from WH Smith, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, it's quite a marketable thing, goat demon. Like, you can make little toys like that. I mean, like... <laughs> basically, it's impossible for any aspect of Christmas not to be uh, commercialised. As as happened... I mean, like, it started happening with Krampus ages ago. So when the postcard industry experienced a boom in Germany and Austria in the 1890s, it opened the way for Krampus Carton. So these <laughs> holiday uh, cards weren't meant to make you feel warm and fuzzy. So some showed Krampus stuffing a distressed child into his satchel, others preparing to hit a little one with his bundle of birch sticks. There are also cards that are a little bit more adult, shall we say. So some Krampus cards from the early 20th century show him pro- propositioning women, like the little horny devil he is, uh, in other cards, Krampus is portrayed as a large woman whipping tiny men with her birch sticks and carrying them off in her satchels. The wife is the arbiter of good behaviour. I mean, like, we can kind of, like, get what they're Yeah, I say, get where right? you're going with that, yeah, and I'm can scowling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another smiling woman dangles a defeated-looking Krampus in the air, holding his bundle of birch sticks behind her back. I mean, like, it's all very mother-in-law jokes, it's all very carry-on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but um, my mother-in-law could kick Krampus's ass. <laughs> my boyfriend's mother literally would be like, mm, get out of my chimney, that, Krampus. That That is the fear, I think. <laughs> Wait, does he come down the chimney or... Um, does he I just turn so. up at the front door? I think he would just come, come through the window. So I don't know, they don't really say. I guess he probably goes the same way as Santa. Yeah, maybe. Makes um, and recently, Krampus has made his way to America. Uh, oh. Possibly thanks to the film, but I, I think the... F- so in 2004, uh, art director and graphic designer Monty uh, Bouchamp published a book of Krampus cards and helped organise an art show that's uh, inspired by the cards. 
So that was kind of like before the film came out. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. The craze died before like the film came out. Etsy now has a whole section of items inspired by classic Krampus cards. Yes. Um, cool. Etsy has everything. I know. Etsy is like the... Uh, for my... Uh, for one of the presents... Aladdin's Cave. We got for someone. It's like a pillow that's like... You know where it's got one side is just like sequins and then you push the sequins. Oh, yeah. And it makes a face. It's oh, like cool. Gary Barlow's face. On the other side. Etsy has everything, guys. Uh, you can also buy ugly Krampus sweaters to wear to your local Krampus party or Krampus <laughs> Lauf. Uh, yep, they have imported the parties too. Um, so yeah. So uh, most of this kind of inspired the 215 feature film Krampus, which I recommend everyone watch because it is pretty cool. Um but it hasn't always been plain sailing for old Krampus. So the powers that be have tried to ban him many a time. The Catholic Church, never comfortable with celebrating a devil-like creature, even as a warning to children to behave well, has attempted to suppress Krampus many times in the past. However, the most recent attempt was by the Austrian Christo Fascist Party, the Father Anne Front, between 1934 and 1938. I mean, like, it's funny when extremist nationalist parties try to ban national traditions. It's, I mean, like, you would have thought, like, nationalist parties would try and promote all these things. But according to the, the fascists, Krampus was seen as a symbol of variously sin, anti-Christian ideas, and social democrats. I mean, like, I don't know why he's social democrats. <laughs> if she I mean, votes like... liberal democrat, really? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's like the right today, though. Like, everything they don't like is like socialist or communist. I mean, like, it's just just totally socialist, isn't it? That's like, uh, is it? I mean, I mean, is he? I mean, like, it's a flat beer. It's a, like, it's a flat. It's a flat mushroom with with cheese melted on it. Socialist? I don't know if it is. That anyway. sounds delicious. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Delicious. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, to, I mean, to, in the interest of fairness, to try and be a bit BBC. I mean, like people on our side say. Like everything is fascist or evil capitalism so I mean like go figure True that. anyway yeah. um, so the newspaper of the Austrian Catholic Union called for, Kramp- for a Krampus boycott and the government of Linz the capital of East Tyrol forbade Krampus dances and further mandated that all aspiring St Nicholas's must be licensed by the city I mean like if you want to dress Santa you needed a license that just sounds a bit crazy want to buy that red seat gotta get a fucking license what just like if I if I want to just buy one and then Apparently, just walk yeah. around, they'd be like, "Papers, please." <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> oh, "Do you have Do you have a license for this Santa Claus outfit?" They also pledged to arrest Krampus whenever they saw him, but the ban wasn't enough to defeat this cannibalistic, goat-like, horny devil, and so he persists as a punisher of naughty and a weird, perpetual carry-on-esque beast of the baldy, and that. Ladies and gentlemen, is Krampus. So modern, the modernest thing is the movie, right? Yeah. And that's like a comedy version. It is. It's kind of, well, it's still like a monstrous looking thing, but it's just an evil Santa Claus with horns. Is it like on beast. Netflix or Amazon? Uh, it is on Netflix, okay. yeah. It's, it's in the holiday section. Of course it is. <laughs> along with Black Christmas, which is a, oh, which the... is a terrible film. Oh, slasher film. Where... Oh, okay. I thought you meant that because um, there's a Black Mirror episode 
called Black uh, Christmas, which is a Christmas episode, which is just so amazing, but like so <laughs> gut wrenchingly, like gut wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, re- now. I recommend a bit Krampus. It's good. So, what are your Christmas plans then? Um, generally, like what I'm going to do over like the Christmas like day and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Essex and see my mum. My brother Mommy. won't be coming because he's uh, stuck in Hong Kong still. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be rubbish again this year. Then I'm going to go to my uh, girlfriend's on Boxing Day. Nice. Standard. Pretty standard. Unless, like, they standard decide procedure. to lock everything down. I don't think they will. Again. I don't know. I, I don't know. We put it past. Hmm. Boris will have a great Christmas, like, whatever happens. So. Yeah, oh my god. Don't get me started on that video. It made me so cross. Jesus Christ. So cross. Apparently, cheese and wine is allowed, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> as long as that's what we're doing. I mean, like, we'll definitely have cheese and wine round Charlotte's parents, so I'll be allowed round. You'll be allowed Guns round. Regardless what happens. You have to stand outside the window. Also, also <laughs> apparently, you're allowed to go round places if you're singing, because there's... That's a, that's an exempt rule. Oh, apparently. we'll so just come to, to mine and sing outside. Just sing, yeah. exactly. I'll just go sit around and sing, <laughs> sing to myself for the entire time. And just like, it can just be like, we'll have to turn like Boxing Day into like a musical episode of Boxing Day. Just sing to each other constantly. Yeah. Dashing Fine. through the snow. <laughs> just like constant singing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, this is coming out on the 13th. And then we'll have one more episode on the 20th. For before we break for two weeks for Christmas and New Year, because me and Dan are planning on being very ill <laughs> over oh, New yes. Year. <laughs> oh, yes. And very Damn 80s. Right. <laughs> very 80s. We're going to look yeah. very fluorescent and very bum bagged. I'm bum-bags. wearing a bum bag and I'm going to crimp my hair. <laughs> oh, yes. I actually nice. am. I actually am. It's going to be wonderful. Um, so if you want to go back and listen to the St. Nicholas episode to feel more festive, you can go back and listen to it and you can subscribe while you're there, wherever you're listening to this, Apple, Google, Spotify, or on Podbean, or just on the web. And uh, give us a review if you're like not busy and you just want something to do with your time. <laughs> I mean, like, there's not much to do over Christmas, is there? So why no. not? Drink some wine. Do a little five-star review. Yeah, Write if you want to. Write a drunk comment if you want. Yeah, a nice one. The drunker one. the better. And we'll drunk comment you back <laughs> yeah. on Twitter and Instagram at HaveYouEverPod. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>